Hi, welcome to the Bridge Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following message. For more information on all that's happening at the Bridge Church, please visit www.bridge-church.com. In the highest sense of that word, it was his person, okay? It was his character, his life as he lived it, as illustrated in the Word of God that we hold in our hands today. It's the teachings that he shared, the words that he spoke, all of it is the truth. And the Bible says that um, it doesn't even contain all of the things that Jesus did. So we we are looking at maybe a snapshot of Jesus's ministry where there were a multitude of other things that Jesus did when he was here on this earth. And it seems to me that in this world today, opinion seems to rise above truth quite easily. Amen? And we define truth in this way, that it's that which is true in accordance with fact or reality. You can go to your your Collins Dictionary and it should tell you something similar. It's that which is true in accordance with fact or reality. Or for us, sometimes it's something that we perceive to be as accurate as possible in the context of a situation or something that we're living through. Amen? And all of this stuff we process with our brain, all right? And the brain is an organ, and in my, um, uh, I'm fessing up here, it's been a pretty unreliable organ <laughs> in my life from time to time. But it's this small uh, organ that processes and filters so much information. It can be reliable, it can be unreliable for various reasons, biologically, medi- medically, psychologically, all different things. But nonetheless, we, we tend to form a picture of what is true. And some people recognize that there's more than one type of truth. So you get people that are talk about objective truth, okay? And that's like, do you know what? That exists. It can be proved physically. I know that every day when I wake up, the sun should be there, depending on what time you get up in the day, I suppose. In Scotland, you could wake up and the sun's no there <laughs> certain times. But you know what I'm saying? There's certain things that as sure as tomorrow comes, the sun's going to be in the sky. Amen? Above the clouds, the sun is always shining. Amen? And then there's another truth, which is the normative truth. And, you know, it's what we agree to be true. So we would say, okay, we all agree that the sun is going to rise at 8 a.m. in the winter. Okay, yeah, okay, we agree with that, okay? And then there's a subjective truth, which is based on how we all see the world. So maybe Mary sees things different to me. It's subject to how Mary sees things, and I'm subject to how I see things, amen? And then, so if, if, if I say, today's a good day for me, Lewis might say, no, it's not. But it is for me. It's my subjective truth. It's a good day for me. And don't try and tell me otherwise. Amen. And then there's another type of truth, which is complex, complex truth. And it's a mixture of all of those different things, but it 
lets us focus on what is the most important thing to believe at that one time, okay? And so there's all these different types of truths. But what about for us as Christians, you know? Is this just a philosophy? Or is it just a, a set of the, theological teachings and, and truths that are here? Or is it the absolute datum, the absolute reference point, the absolute foundation of truth? What is it to you? Have you asked yourself that question recently? Are, is some of this believable and some of it not? Do you believe that there was a man swallowed by a fish, a large fish, that a sea parted, that, dead was, that the dead were raised, that water came from a rock, that, there was, that what, in a completely barren land, um, God enabled trenches to be dug in a desert that were filled with water for, for people and animals to drink from? Do you believe, do you believe these things? Do we believe it? Do we believe it? it's the absolute truth? Can we measure everything in our lives against this reference point, the truth? Amen? And what I'd like to say about the truth of Jesus Christ this morning is that that truth, whether people like to hear this or not, it determines everything in life, and it decides, it makes the decision for everything in life. Amen? I've got mind this morning of a story in God's Word about Solomon. If any of you remember, two women brought a child before Solomon. Both of them said, the child is mine. The child is mine. What had, what had, what had happened was, uh, what's the full story? Was the child, the child was suffocated or something, was it? No, it wasn't. It was alive, wasn't it? Yes, it was alive. Two women brought it, and Solomon had wisdom, and he said, um, divide the child in two. Divide the child in two, and then you have a, have a bit, and you have a bit. And the real mother said, no, no, stop, don't. Rather give the child to her, <laughs> to the other woman. And, and, and it seems simple enough, but a child's life was at stake, and Solomon's, in his great wisdom, based on the truth, knowing the truth, he made a decision that the child was to go to the mother, the true mother. Amen. Sorry for messing that up there. But underpinning all of that is a knowledge of the truth and finding out what the truth is. Because you had two people there that had to two totally different stories. How do you know which one is true? Well, the, the Word will test it. The, when we know the Word, the Word will, 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 will be, you'll be able to test things by the Word of truth. Amen? This, this, this truth here is a jewel. And it's a jewel that eclipses every other jewel. It's greater than any jewel that you, you can imagine. And I was, uh, uh, um, Pastor Bernie puts things out now and again. Yesterday, he put an interesting story about, about the man who bought the Kimberley um, gold uh, diamond fields, 
Well, he didn't know it was a diamond field. He was walking around one day and he kicked a big rock over and he thought that looks like an interesting rock and it ended up on his mantelpiece. And then um, for, for later, someone visited with him and said, oh, that looks like an interesting rock. Had a look at it and says, do you realize that that is a diamond? And um, <clears throat> this man had bought a, the Kimberley diamond field, which is the biggest producer of diamonds in the entire world. And the Star of Africa, I think it's called, the truth even eclipses that. There's nothing that is more precious than it. Amen? And we can set our eyes on a lot of precious things, but when we seek the truth, when we accept the truth, and when we love the truth, it's important to love the truth. Sometimes the truth's hard to take. <laughs> I don't like hearing that. That's true. But we must love truth, even when it is hard to accept. And then we live by the truth, and then and I don't know which way to put this. Either we are possessed by the truth or we possess the truth, okay, in our lives. So let truth possess your life, amen, because this saves. The truth saves, amen. You know, we can help ourselves and because I think sometimes, you know, we, we want to help a lot of people, but, you know, sometimes it's like, falling, in, a, falling in, a, in an ocean, make sure you get your life belt on first, your life jacket on first. You know, we've, there's, there's lots of people that need help, but first of all, we must be saved and safe. So make sure that you're saved and you're safe, and then you'll be able to go and swim out and reach more and pull them in and reach more and pull them in. Um, we can be gung-ho sometimes. And we go off half-cocked but we need to be safe and secure in what we know in the truth, amen? And just like I said at the beginning of the service, some things can be just brought down to some very simple things. And do you, do you mind if I go over six points, simple points, that if nothing else, you can take from this place this morning and you can live your, the rest of your life by them? Is that okay? Number one, the number one truth, we transgressed and we broke God's divine law. We transgressed. We are, we, are, we are sinners by nature. We were born. We were born that way. Number two, through this transgression, we came under God's justice and we were found guilty. And we were condemned to eternal separation from God. Truth number three, we were utterly impotent to change that, powerless to change it. We cannot change that. It's utterly hopeless. Nothing at all could have changed that outcome except one thing. <laughs> Amen? Truth number four, Jesus Christ. A perfect lamb, sinless lamb. He represented every single one of us in this place today, and he became surety for us. Amen? He obeyed the laws that we broke. He took the penalty that we deserved. He shed his blood to renew our hope. He shed his blood to offer us sanctification in God's sight, to unite us with the family of God. Truth number five, the way to this unification with God is through faith, by faith. And the last one, 
Truth number six, this saving faith cleanses us from our sin, justifies us from any and all condemnation, and it makes us partakers of the same spirit that Jesus Christ had. Come on. We are partakers of this very same spirit that Jesus Christ communed with himself, the Holy Spirit. Amen. And this saving faith opens the doors that lets us walk into glory. That is, the, that is Christianity in its basic foundational form. That's it. That, that is all we, if we can take every one of those points of truth and meditate on them, when you're out there, you will, you will not be able to help yourself from sharing about the truth. You will drop seeds of truth in everywhere you go. Amen. Because this truth is incomparable with any other truth. Amen. Not all truth is the same. Not all truth is important. You know, I'm having a good day. Well, great, but I don't really care. <laughs> not important to me. I'm glad you're having a good day, but cool. You know, not all truth is important. Some truth is important to us. Some truth, you know, you know what I'm saying? Sorry if that's just overly flippant. But not all truth is important, but all truth has a use. And all truth has an, has an effect. Amen? And the Word of God is truth at its core. And if we diverge from the truth, if we diverge from the Word of God and we get into error, how many of you have heard this? We, used to, we grew up hearing it in the church. You got, he got into error. He strayed into error. It's error, error. Everyone was in error, you know. Um, we used to say, yeah, I got it wrong. I got it wrong. You know, I've, I've messed up. We're in error. The thing is, if we assume that all of that divergence is harmless, we fool ourselves because it's not harmless. It's not harmless. We think, do you know what? It's just a, it, now, thank God every day we get up and God's grace says, Lewis, it's going to be okay today. You kept a short account with me yesterday. You're forgiven. You're free. You're my son. On you go. His grace and his mercies are new every morning, and great is his faithfulness. But if we continually walk in that cycle of error, it will harm us. It will harm other people too. Amen? It will harm. It's not harmless. And some people say, well, it's just a wee difference of opinion, the truth. You know, it's, I have, we, 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 we differ on that. And I know that some people will, will have different differences. I know that, you know. It's just a wee difference. But if that wee difference of opinion begins to see you begin to pray differently, act differently, believe differently, then all of these things will have consequences in your life. Because we sometimes l laugh and in, in, in church circles, oh, they just pray, pray a wee bit differently to us. They, they worship a wee bit differently to us. But I'm always, I'm always brought back to the knowledge that Jesus Christ is coming back for one church. And so I'm going to be a mate. I'm, going to, I'm, I'm in a state of high anticipation to see what God is going to do in the days ahead. Because he's coming back for one church that pray with one voice and that move as one 
and that agree as one and that stand as one. Because if we don't stand as one, if we don't get next to our brothers and sisters in Christian concern and the Christian Institute and our, and our uh, uh, born-again members of parliament, MSPs, people that are godly, we must join our voices together. We have to. Amen? If one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand to flight. Amen? And so I want to kind of go into Daniel chapter 6, verse 4, and it's talking about um, the king Darius. And Darius, he, you know the story, he appoints Daniel. Daniel, another man like Solomon, just so gifted with such great wisdom and knowledge of the truth. And it says there in verse 4, the governors and satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find no charge or fault because he was faithful, nor was there any error or fault found in him. There was no error or fault. There was nothing negligible in Daniel's life. So I'm sidetracking to emphasize a a wee point here. Do you agree we are known by our fruits? Amen. If there is truth inside of you, then truth will come out. Your speech, what you say, your attitude, your body language will display that. Amen. If falsehood is inside of us, what's going to come out? False words. Amen. And that's going to be evident as well in our whole life. And our words will have no influence or bearing at all, neither in the kingdom or in, in the masses, amongst the masses, unless they're founded upon the truth. Otherwise, all, everything we say is just really in vain. Amen? And last week, we were speaking about Daniel 8, about the, the vision of the goat and the ram. Remember that? And the short horn that, that was the man Antiochus, and he was the trampler of truth. He, he trampled over truth and made sure that Truth was desecrated and done away with. Well, this week in Daniel 10, there's another vision that Daniel had. And a message was revealed to him in Daniel 10. And the word says the message was true. And the vision was understood by Daniel. But the appointed time was long. So far in advance, he gets this vision of something that's going to happen in the future. The message is revealed to him by a glorious being, understood to be Gabriel, the angel Gabriel, okay? Now, the vision occurs. We can take a lot out of this, church. The vision occurs after Daniel has been fasting for for three weeks. He fasted choice food or pleasant food. To you and I, to me, it's um, celebration muffins and lattes and other, other, your choice, mm, mm, yeah, love that, crave that food. He fasted pleasant food and meat and wine, and he never anointed himself with oil at all for that whole 21 days. And it was after that 21 days that the angel appeared to him. And I want to read through this, and I'll go as quickly as I can. In the third year of King Cyrus of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel And this message was true and concerned a great war. He understood the message and gained insight by the vision. 
In those days, Daniel was mourning for three whole weeks. He ate no choice food, no meat or wine came to my lips, nor did I anoint myself with oil until the end of those three weeks. But on the 24th day of the first month, I was beside the great river Tigris. I looked up and I saw a man clothed in linen. linen. Around his waist was a belt made of gold from Upaz. His body resembled yellow jasper and his face had an appearance like lightning. His eyes were like blazing torches. His arms and feet had the gleam of polished bronze and his voice thundered forth. Please get an image of this in your heart and mind. His voice thundered forth like the sound of a large crowd. Only I, Daniel, saw the vision. The men that were with me did not see it. On the contrary, they were overcome with fright and they ran away to hide I alone was left to see this great vision and my strength drained from me and my vigor disappeared. I was without energy. I listened to his voice and as I did so, I fell into a trance-like sleep with my face to the ground. Then a hand touched me and set me on my hands and knees and he said to me, Daniel, you're of great value. Understand the words that I'm about to speak to you. So stand up, for I have now been sent to you. When he said this to me, I stood up shaking or trembling. Now take note of this. If you've got a pen and paper, take note of this verse, verse 12. Then he said to me, don't be afraid, Daniel, for from the very first day you applied your mind to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. I have come in response to your words. I have come in response to your words. From the day that you applied your mind and your heart to understand and you humbled yourself, I heard every word of yours from that day. And now I'm here to respond to your words. How many of us say, oh, my prayers don't get answered? I don't hear from God. I don't recognize the voice of God. I wouldn't know if he was speaking to me. You know, you could stand next to me with a loud symbol and, a, and a, um, a, you know, clash it. And, 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 and you know, it's, it's as if um, I just cannot hear the Lord. I'd need something like that to know it was him or something along those lines. goes on to say, the prince of the kingdom of Persia was opposing me for 21 days. But Michael, another angel, one of the leading princes, came to help me. Because I was left there with the kings of Persia. Even the angels know that two are better than one. Now I have come to help you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision pertains to future days. It goes on to say that he was just a total, he had lost all strength and everything else. He's just like there, like jelly. And um, he says, Sir, that to Gabriel, how am I able to speak with you? My strength is gone, I'm breathless. Then Gabriel, the angel, touched him and strengthened him and said to him, don't be afraid, you who are valued. Peace be, peace be to you, be strong, be really strong. When he spoke to me, I was strengthened. I said, sir, you may speak now, for you have given me strength. He says, do you know why I've come to you? I'm about to return to engage in battle. Another important verse, verse Verse 20, do you know why I've come to you? 
I am about to return to engage with battle with the prince of Persia. When I go, the prince of Greece is coming too. Here's two powers that he's talking about. However, I will first tell you what is written in a dependable book. I will first tell you what's written in a dependable book, a book of truth, a book of scriptures that are true. There is no one who strengthens me against these princes except Michael, your prince. And in the Amplified Bible, in verse 21, it says, But I, Gabriel, will tell you what is inscribed in the writing of truth. There is no one who stands firmly with me and strengthens himself against these hostile spirit forces except Michael, your prince and the guardian of your na na nation. Michael was, the, was the, the chieftain of angels when it came to protecting God's people Israel. Michael would be there. He's there. He is the chief. He is the captain of the hosts whenever God's people are involved. And this word truth here that it says in verse 21 is the word emeth, which means reliability and sureness, stability. It's so stable, this truth. It's so stable. It's completely stable. And there's demonstration here of some of the principles we can take heed of to help us in our walk with God and to help us to be effective and victorious Christians. Because that is what, when I speak to people, and I'm sure when you do, and if you speak to me sometimes, I'm going to tell you I'm struggling. I'm struggling. I'm struggling, but I want to be victorious. But I'm struggling. And when we speak to people, they say, I'm struggling. I want to do better. I want to do better. I want to have the victory. And then we go and we read this in Daniel and we find out that when we set our hearts and our minds to understand and when we apply ourselves to the truth and when we humble ourselves before God, our words will be heard. And not only will our words be heard, but they, they elicit a response. They draw a response. Do you know that angels go to war in the heavenlies over the words that you speak? When you speak, when you, when you are at that place where your words are heard, even the angels go to war on your behalf in the supernatural heavenly realm that you may not be able to see unless it was revealed to you or discerned, being able, you can discern it. They go to work for you. Here two are not any angel, two archangels of heaven come to Daniel's words, in response to his words. And they stand against two supernatural princes of darkness because they talk about the prince of Persia, the prince of Greece. What these things are, are empires that are dominated by a spiritual force behind the people. There's always a man. There's always someone who's, you know, but then there's always the puppet master, you know, so here, here we are. They come, Gabriel and Michael. And these angels, 21 days, they couldn't get, even get to Daniel because 21 days they're in battle with the forces of darkness. So when you say, oh, Lord, you didn't, I prayed yesterday, you haven't answered me. It took 21 days for these angels to get to Daniel to say, we've heard your words. You put things in motion when you pray. You put things in motion when you speak. Amen? So, 
Somewhere there's this conflict going on. And the intervention of angels in human history is noted in God's Word in many places. Amen? And there's two, there's, there's, there's the angels of heaven, and there are angels that were cast out of heaven. And these angels still are operational in the earth, above the earth, in our atmosphere today. Amen? So we talk about we were talking, that was, that, that was a sidetrack which I hoped helped to enforce the, 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 the importance of having the truth. But if we're in error, then, and we persist in error, we will have to deal with the consequences. And our words will not elicit response. Do we want a response from heaven? Yes. Amen. I believe we do. Amen. We can't just ignore what is a principle of God's truth and expect it to work no more than I can expect to go and stand on top of the, the building here and jump off and not have gravity take over. It's going to happen. And I'm, you're going to see me in a, you know, with, my, with my eye in a sling out there. You know? So, yeah, it's the, these are principles. And these truths affect our lives. They affect our lifestyles. They affect our personal freedoms. But spiritual truths, they affect our soul, our conscience, our character, and eternity. And the thing is with truth, truth, and you know all the different types of truth now, truth shapes nations. Truth shapes civilizations. And if you look at the history of nations and civilizations, you'll see and you'll know and you'll have read about all the prominent men that shape those periods in time. But don't be deceived. Behind every person, behind every leader, there is something there. It's either good, or maybe it's indifferent, or it seems indifferent, or it's not. And in this day and age, we see all sorts of manipulation in the, in the corridors of power in the world that we live in. Amen? So we need, we need um, to know that whatever, uh, whatever we do, we have to hold on to truth. Ultimately, truth wins, all right? Truth wins. Truth will determine what happens, amen? So, are there intercessors in this place? Are there prayers in this place? You have the power to alter the destiny of you, not only your own life, but your country, your town, you know, when we pray from the, the, the church house to the school house to the government house to the outhouse, your prayers are changing the destiny of things that are, that are in, the, in, the, in, the, in the future. And you can just look in God's Word, Joseph in Genesis, um, Peter in the New Testament church, the book of Daniel, amen, all of these things. Now, I didn't expect this to run into a part four, but I think it's going to, because we're, go we're going to have social time today. But um, ne next, next week, we're going to speak on refuting the falsehood of the world, all right? We're going to speak a bit more on truth, and then after that, um, we are going to be blessed with various speakers who are going to be here ministering the Word for a number of weeks, um, whilst um, Linda and I just take take a wee a wee break.
Um, and, but the word is going to be powerful. All the words are going to be powerful. I know I've had, I've had some sneak previews. So don't miss church through this month and September and going on. Um, amen? Amen. Um, and um, as we said last week, I think I mentioned it and I'll finish with this this morning, but truth seems to have a way of arousing an angry man. Truth seems to awaken hostility. And I just want to encourage you as, 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 our, as, as a church family not to, just like Daniel was a quivering wreck in front of that range, uh, angel. And he says, be strong, be very strong. And he reached out and he touched him and he stood up and he was able, he found his voice. He could not speak. He was so overcome he could not speak. But when the angel put his hand on him, he found his voice. And I believe that you all will find your voice. You'll find your voice. You'll, find, you'll know the truth and you will, you will begin to speak the truth. And you will find your voice and your voice will be heard and recognized in places. Amen? It, and and it, will be, it will be heeded. In some places it won't be. But in some places it will be heeded to great effect. But in some places, people will harden their hearts. And they'll set their forehead. I know it's us that are supposed to set our foreheads like flint, but people will harden their hearts, and it will be like banging your head off of that concrete wall there. And you will move because you will shake the sand off of your feet where you're not received, and you will move somewhere else with the truth. You will go where the truth will be received because some people will not receive the truth. Some people have trampled on the truth, but you will go where the truth will be received. Amen. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website, www.bridge-church.com and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter.